Chapter 24 of A King in Babylon. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ellen Preckle. A King in Babylon by Burton Egbert Stevenson. Chapter 24. Neither Jimmy nor Mamselle Roland was present at dinner that evening. They were sleeping peacefully on, and Davis, who had taken a look at both of them, advised against waking them. "'I am something of a doctor, you know,' he said, as we sat down to table. "'Got to be out here in the desert, and my advice is to let them have their sleep out. They have been exhausted by the day's work. They need sleep more than food. They can eat when they wake up. Besides, to wake a person who is sleeping as soundly as they are is always a shock, and they've had shocks enough.' "'Jimmy didn't have any shocks,' objected Creel. "'He just stood around sneering. "'We burn up more nerve force sometimes holding ourselves in "'than letting ourselves go,' Davis pointed out. "'From what you told me, I judge Mademoiselle Roland let herself go pretty completely.' "'She just cut loose,' said Creel. "'It was gorgeous. "'She almost overpowered Digby and Mustafa "'when they tried to chuck her into that tomb. "'Digby nearly had apoplexy, "'and I had to plaster Mustafa's arm with a ten-dollar bill "'after it was all over.' "'Yes, he was over here,' said Ma Creel, "'and I dabbed some iodine on it and dressed it for him. "'I was just going to ask you what happened to him. "'He wouldn't tell me, but it looked like a bite, "'a deep bite right through his forearm. "'It was a bite!' I blurted out, "'and then I could have bitten my tongue, "'for Creel looked at me like a thundercloud. "'A bite!' echoed Ma Creel, "'and they all stared at me, except old Digby. "'He just hung his head and went on with his meal. "'But I didn't know there were wild animals out here.' and she cast a frightened glance into the darkness about us. And nothing but a tent. There aren't any wild animals, said Creel impatiently. For goodness sake, don't start anything else, Mary. Then what was it? Ma Creel demanded. It was deep, I tell you. Savage. Clear in. Billy! But I wouldn't have answered if I had been on the rack. Perhaps it was a camel, said Davis, quietly at last. Camels get vicious sometimes. No, it wasn't a camel broke in molly sharply it was too small for a camel then it must have been a goat said ma creel scornfully it was the princess bit him explained creel unable to endure the ordeal any longer just as he and digby were thrusting her into the tomb she lost control somehow flew off forgot it was only make-believe and defended herself in the only way that remained to her and then mustafa lost control too and picked her up and jammed her through the hole as though she were a bundle of rags it's lucky she wasn't hurt. And then the natives lost control, and went whooping over us and tore down the wall. By George, it was a strenuous afternoon, eh, Digby? We all started to laugh at old Digby. It seemed to ease our nerves. And then, when he looked up, I saw two ugly red streaks across his left cheekbone. What's the matter with you? asked Creel. Did she get to you, too? She tried to claw my eyes out, answered Digby intensely. Nonsense, said Creel impatiently. Of course, I may be mistaken, said Digby, but I would much sooner handle a wild cat. We all laughed again, but there was a sort of painful undercurrent in the laughter. A girl who bit men savagely in the arm and tried to claw their eyes out wasn't exactly pleasant to think about. I'm glad you didn't lose an eye, said Creel finally, but it will make a great scene. I'm sorry you didn't see it, Professor. So am I, agreed Davis. Will you have some more tomorrow? Yes, but nothing so exciting. I'm going to rush this thing through as fast as I can, before something serious happens to my principles. Don't push them too hard, advised Davis. They both seem to be very highly strung and extraordinarily susceptible to suggestion. They lose control, as you call it, and every time they do, that makes it easier to do it again. It becomes a sort of habit. 
Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, I ventured. Exactly, Davis assented. You'll remember that after a time Jekyll kept slipping into Hyde in spite of himself. These two haven't gotten that far yet. They will probably wake up all right in the morning. But they are evidently set on hair triggers, as it were. A touch sets them off. So you will have to nurse them along. I'm going to, said Creel. But I've got to complete the picture. Don't forget that. Will you need the natives tomorrow? Davis asked. Yes, we'll do the slave market, he added, turning to me, and then we'll show the girl being captured by the slavers and brought across the desert. I want to get as much of that caravan stuff as possible. That's what we came to Egypt for. Then we'll take a few love scenes in the tent and beneath the palms. We'll get as many feet as we can. I hope you can spare me five or six of the natives, said Davis. I would like to get the case over to the tent, where I can keep my eye on it. Of course, agreed Creel instantly. Take as many as you need. Only I'll have to have Mustafa keep those fellows in order and tell them what to do. Oh, I don't need Mustafa, said Davis. And so it was settled. Davis hurried away after dinner to write up his notes, and Creel sat down to moil over his scenario with a disturb-me-if-you-dare look, which there was no mistaking. Drawn by an irresistible fascination, I went in and took another look at Jimmy. He was lying exactly as before, breathing long and deep, there was something abnormal about it. I had seen him asleep many times, and he had never breathed like that, nor lay on his back with his hands behind his head and his ankles crossed. It was a strained, unnatural attitude. As I tore myself away and came out of the tent, I found Molly waiting for me. At least I should have supposed she was waiting, if she hadn't seemed so surprised when she saw me. "'I thought you were off by yourself somewhere smoking your pipe,' she said. "'I've been taking a look at Jimmy,' I explained. "'He is still asleep. "'So is that—' that vampire she whispered and then after a moment would you like to see her do you think it would be all right of course it would be all right uncle warry and mr davis both seen her i want you to see her come along and she caught my hand and ran rather than walked to the women's tent a night lamp was burning just inside the entrance and she caught this up and swept aside a canvas flap and motioned me through but i held back you go first i said see if everything's all right of course everything's all right can't you hear her yes i could hear her that deep regular breathing might have been an echo of jimmy's i slipped through and molly let the flap fall behind us then she drew me to the bed and held the light so that the sleeper's face was clearly revealed she was lying on her back her hands clasped behind her head her ankles crossed and i noted with a curious little thrill that her left ankle was over her right just as jimmy's was her eyes were closed and her long curved lashes swept the lower lids her breast rose and fell convulsively with those long, deep, regular breaths. But for them she might have been dead, so motionless she was, and pale, save for that livid mark across her cheek. Molly indicated it with an inquiring finger. Did she really fall? she whispered. Yes, I said, but that wasn't what made the bruise. Mustafa struck her. I saw the lamp quiver in Molly's hand. How horrible! she whispered. How horrible! But she bit him. You should have seen that bite, deep like a wild beast's. "'Come along,' I urged. "'We mustn't wake her.' And I pulled her toward the door, took the lamp from her hand, and set it on the little table outside. "'Now come and sit beside me while I smoke that pipe,' I added. "'I want to talk to you.' She made no objection, and together we walked out to the edge of the palms, where we could look off across the desert, and sat down side by side. "'There wasn't any danger of waking her,' said Molly suddenly, as I was filling my pipe. "'I made a lot of noise a while ago just to see, and she never stirred. "'I don't believe she is asleep at all.' "'Not asleep?' no she doesn't breathe like that when she's asleep nobody does she's in a trance then jimmy is too he is breathing just the same way i know i went in to see him you did yes i want this thing settled i can't stand it any longer 
I thought for a while, I said slowly, that perhaps Mademoiselle Roland was a dope fiend, and that that was the cause of her spells of listlessness and languor. Perhaps she is drugged now. Perhaps those wild actions of hers this afternoon were the result of a drug, and now she is sleeping off the effects. But how about Jimmy? Molly objected. He isn't a dope fiend, we know that, and his condition is exactly the same. Well, what is it, then? I demanded. For a moment Molly was silent, staring out across the sand, and then she turned to me impulsively. "'Do you know what I think, Billy?' she said. "'I think their spirits are off somewhere together, over at the tomb, perhaps.' Her voice trailed off, as though she were afraid to finish, and we sat in silence looking out toward the ruins, behind which the moon was rising. How beautiful the desert was, and yet how dismal! How threatening! Perhaps Molly was right. Why shouldn't she be right? I could imagine them walking side by side through some dream world. Molly, I said in a low tone, the most astonishing thing happened over there this afternoon. Davis, you know, took the lid off that stone coffin, and inside of it was a wooden mummy case with a face painted at one end of it. And when that lid was raised and we looked in, I would have sworn for a minute that it was Jimmy Allen staring up at us. It was just for a flash, and then the face changed and the likeness was gone, and then Jimmy came in and looked at it and told us in the most matter-of-fact way that it really was he, and that the woman he had murdered was walled up in the far end of the tomb, and that she'd never died, but had just waited and waited for four thousand years. It sounds ridiculous, I know, but when Jimmy was telling it, the cold chills kept running up my spine and over my scalp, and I would have sworn it was all true, and that when Davis opens that wall— He mustn't open it, breathed Molly. You mustn't let him open it. Creel tried to talk him out of it, but he just laughed at him called it superstition, ignorant fear. He half believes in himself, I think, but he won't let himself be frightened. He has nerve, I'll say that for him. And he has a theory that every time we yield to unreasoning fear, we are setting the race back toward savagery. He's welcome to his theories, said Molly, but he mustn't be allowed to open that wall. How can we prevent it? After all, when one thinks of it, it does seem foolish. If he opens that wall, gasped Molly, her hand clutching my arm, something awful will happen something awful i feel it i caught the hand and held it and she didn't draw it away after all i reflected i could stand a ghost or two i could even welcome them if they drove molly into my arms davis just laughs at it i said comfortingly and he's probably right he says jimmy has moiled around over this picture so long that it has become a sort of mania he had a kind of heat-stroke you know a few days ago and that may have helped in fact, Jimmy sat right here beside me last night and told me he was getting things all mixed up, that he couldn't tell what was real from what was only imaginary. His outside and inside worlds had run together, as it were. "'You don't mean that he's gone mad?' asked Molly, horror-stricken. "'If he has, it's that woman!' "'He hasn't gone mad,' I broke in impatiently. "'He'll come around all right as soon as he gets this infernal picture out of his head. "'I feel sometimes that I'm going mad myself. "'Let's stop talking about it. Let's talk about ourselves.' "'Molly, it isn't the picture,' Molly broke in. "'It's something in the air, a kind of threat. "'I feel it all the time. "'I've been in wilder pictures than this lots of times, "'but nobody ever went crazy before and bit people "'and tore their eyes out, not even the director.' "'Well,' I said, "'I think Creel has about got to the limit of his nerve. "'He'll give the order to pack up as soon as he can. "'He is over there now, slashing his scenario to pieces "'and simplifying it every way he can.' but that hasn't anything to do with us. Now look here, Molly, Billy, she broke in fiercely. I can't stand it. If you grow sentimental now, if you dare to grow sentimental now, I shall hate you. 
wasn't growing sentimental, I said resentfully. You sounded like it. I was just going to say I don't want to hear it. I'm ready to fly to pieces as it is. I don't see what there is for us to worry about, I said. If Jimmy and Mamselle Roland want to go wandering off through dreamland together, why need we care? And if Jimmy thinks he was once a king of Egypt, I don't see that that's anything to us. And if Davis does dig out a woman who's been buried four thousand years, and who has been waiting all that time for vengeance, why, it isn't us she's after. We've got ourselves to think about, Molly, and I've been doing some mighty serious thinking on that subject recently, as I told you the other night, and you promised— I promised nothing, she broke in. Let go my hand. You led me to infer— No, I didn't. How can I help what you infer? Billy, I won't be kissed. I hate it. I— And then suddenly her voice stopped in her throat. With a sort of gurgle, the hands which had been holding me away fell limp. A slow shudder ran through her, and I saw her eyes fix themselves in a stare of horror over my shoulder, out across the sand. It was a moment before I dared turn my head. For an instant— I saw nothing. Then, far out, a dim shape moved, came nearer. It might have been the shadow of a cloud, but there was no cloud in the sky. It might have been a whirl of sand caught up by the wind, but there was no wind, or at most a gentle breeze. It came nearer, with a strange gliding motion, as though swept along on wings, and then my heart gave a sickening thud, for it was the same gray shape I had seen once before, in the tomb and as I stared it resolved itself into two shapes, moving side by side as though hand in hand. In another moment they reached the first group of palms and disappeared. I knew what was in my own mind. I knew the same thought was in Molly's. I dared not look at her. I dared not let her see my eyes. I just sat there, still holding her hand, staring at the spot where I had seen them last. It was Molly who stirred first. "'We must be going back,' she said and rose wearily to her feet, and brushed the sand from her dress. I didn't want to go back. I was afraid to go back. Suppose that trance was ended. Nevertheless, I rose and followed her. There was nothing else to do. From a little distance we caught the sound of voices, and saw a dim group sitting around the table. Evidently they had seen nothing, but the shadows would be invisible beneath the trees. I felt Molly shiver. I shivered myself as I strained my eyes to see who was in that group, and then I breathed a sigh of relief. There were only Ma Creel and Digby, and Creel himself. Perhaps, after all, there had been a cloud. Creel saw us first. Hurry up, he called. We've got some lemonade. Who said lemonade? asked a voice behind him, and I saw the tent flap raised, and Jimmy stepped out into the dim light. Gracious, but I had a sleep, he added, stretching luxuriously. What time is it, anyway? It's nearly eleven, said Creel. What? "'Yes, you seemed so tired we just let you sleep. "'How do you feel?' "'Like a new man,' said Jimmy. "'My eyes had been on the other tent flap from the first moment. "'I knew it would be raised. I knew it.' "'And I also,' cried Mademoiselle Roland as she came toward us. "'Or at least like a new woman. I feel as though I had slept a year.' "'Jimmy was regarding her with a strange smile, "'but she walked straight past him, apparently without seeing him, "'and sat down beside Creel at the table. "'But I am thirsty,' she said and held out her glass. End of chapter 24